Okay, well, we are here uh, to worship our great God. So we're on series one another. Today is we have a part two, serve. So we have a very simple the scriptures today is Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. I just want to ask you to read together with me. Can you do that? This is not the long and then very easy English version. Something I can read it. So I think we can read together. Okay. So can we do that all together? With one voice. Okay, let's do that. Okay. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Amen. Thank you. I have one question. And then if you got to write answers, Pastor Scott might give you some great prize because it's about him. Yeah, so. <laughs> so do you know what Bible verses Pastor Scott mentioned the most in his sermon past three years? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm checking with the congregation how they listen carefully to your sermon. <laughs> because I'm the one who edited their sermon, so it doesn't matter I won or not, but I, I need to watch and listen again and again. It's preaching, so I'm the one who mostly listen his sermon. So I can say that. So what do you think in the past three years? So smart. <laughs> it says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equality important. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the, what Pastor Scott mentioned the most in his sermon in his past three years. I'm sure this verse is quoted from the Old Testament. It's Deuteronomy. And then also the Apostle Paul mentioned it once more, the scripture we read this, this morning. That shows us how important this passage is, isn't it? As always, the Apostle Paul explanation is very clear and simple. So I don't think any further explanation is needed. So I strongly recommend to go home. And now, just, just after that. <laughs> Go home and read the scripture several times, and then you will get the idea what Apostle Paul tried to tell you. Still, since Pastor Scott gave me the opportunity to preach this morning, I think I should say something. So I'll briefly share what I learned and what I felt through this passage. The passage, the scriptures, what we read this morning has very important two orders in there. I think. The first word is freedom. And verse 13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. That's what Apostle Paul started with this passage. 
I'd like to find out the definition in a dictionary. So Oxford Dictionary says, freedom is, it's time to, yeah, I made very fancy slide for you. <laughs> freedom is the power or right to act or speak or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. The freedom that this definition refers to this must be a very important value for the human beings, right? Many people fought for this value in history. And I believe that we who live today are living while enjoying freedom as the beneficiaries of that fight. But often we use our freedom differently from this dictionary meaning of freedom. In the same sense as this word, Self-indulgence. It says, self-indulgence is the act of allowing yourself to have or to do anything that you enjoy. So, I can ask you, so what was your definition of freedom? The first one or the second one? When we start using our freedom in this sense, many problems begin to rise in the society because this definition of a focus is only on me. It creates problems for the community or society in which it lives together. And I think Christians often live by interpreting the freedom brought by salvation through Jesus Christ in this way. It is not only the times we are living in now, but it was also a phenomenon that appears in many churches of the times when the apostle was ministering. However, the freedom that apostle is talking about in the passage we read today has a very different definition from these two things explained in the dictionaries. He said, you have been called to live in freedom. It is said that we did not win freedom as a right, but we are called to live in freedom. Very first time I, I introduced the definition of a freedom in a dictionary, I said many people fought for the, peop the freedom, right? So we are enjoying that freedom right now because of that fight. But the apostle said, it's not about fighting. That's not a thing what we got from the fighting. It says, we did not win freedom as a right, but we are called to live in freedom. Theologian Sean McDowell says this, according to the Christian worldview, true fr freedom is not a matter of doing what you want without restraint, but cultivating the right ones and living in obedience to God's will. In other words, freedom reserved when our wants align with God's will. According to him, the freedom the Bible speaks of is very different from the freedom we find in dictionaries. And the freedom the Bible speaks of is very strongly connected to God. Perhaps this is a very uncomfortable 
definition for some, I guess. So to understand a little more about freedom in the biblical context, it would be nice to go to Genesis. Thankfully, we recently started Genesis with Pastor Scott, right? So I think you remember. Looking back at Adam and Eve's experience, when Adam and Eve opted to exercise their free will instead of gaining freedom, they lost most of the freedom they already have, right? They lost their freedom to live in the garden. They lost their freedom from shame, guilt, fear, pain, and suffering. They lost their freedom to walk with God. They lost their freedom from conflict with each other. They became slaves to sickness and death. Sin always resulted in the loss of freedom. So Pastor Charles Stanley says, freedom in the Garden of Eden meant the ability and authority to do anything they wanted it to within the parameters God established. So after all, all that was the freedom the first man lost because of sin. But as we know, we have given the opportunity to restore that freedom again through Christ Jesus. Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 6, 7, he said, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. He keeps saying, chapter 8, verse 1, 2, he said, so now there's no condemnations for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The Apostle Paul makes clear that freedom is at the very heart of the gospel and of godly living. It is not a side benefit or an adjunct to the Christian life. God has called all believers to freedom. His calls to particular areas of ministry and service vary from believer to believer, but his call to freedom is universal. This is the freedom the Bible speaks of. This is the freedom given to us through the death and resurrection of Christ. God has called us into this freedom. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How dif differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, right? The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Amen? Amen. That's the gospel. That's what we believe. That's who we are. Someone who has true freedom. However, 
Yeah, I'm gonna bring many times however things tonight, this morning, yeah. However, the Apostle Paul exhorted the Galatians not to use their precious freedom as permission to do as they pleased. Rather, he wrote that the freedom should express itself in the form of service, in the form of, of serving one another. That's exactly what he said in verse 13. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So now, so the first important word was freedom, right? So I spent lots of, lots of time to explain of freedom. And then now we need to move to the word serve. That's the Another important word in this texture. So I found it. The service is the action of helping or doing work for someone. Because of these teachings, like what Apostle Paul told us, the church always emphasizing serving others as an important ministry, right? Yes, you should say yes, because God a lot of many times mentioned about this. <laughs> And they actually do a lot of serving. We do so many, so many serving. But sometimes I wonder if the service we are doing to others is the same as what Jesus and the apostles did. In other words, the question is whether what I'm serving others today is what Jesus wants me to do. Or I interpret differently, so I apply differently. I prepared a sermon papers for four more pages about the serve. I know, it's scary. <laughs> but I deleted it. I know, you're, you're glad. <laughs> Because while we must have a clear and certain understanding of our freedom through Christ Jesus, serving others actually is an action based on that understanding. So, so last Friday, it happened last Friday, I was sitting at my desk thinking about the four pages sermon manuscript that disappeared. <sighs> what am I doing? This is another important words I need to bring in. And then I saw this sin, one sin in my office. Would you show the pictures? <laughs> yeah, bit in my office. I have so many stuff in my office, so you'll be enjoying it. <laughs> I brought it here, actually. This is the same box in the right side. It's in here, so many batteries in here. So I have so many batteries because I'm using this microphone. Need two AA batteries in here. That microphone needed two AA batteries here. So many, yeah. So we needed many batteries. So there's all that batteries in here. So I have a batteries in here. And uh, 
there's this brand, not brand new actually, but it's this really great functioning power outlet. So whatever you call multi-tab, whatever, it's okay. So this is the, how, you know how to use this one. I'm not selling this one. I don't know how much is this one, so no worries. But once we plugged into the power source in here, I can use my desktop, my laptop, my piano, whatever I want to use it with some, something need power, I can use it, this one. So I just, just stared this in for a while last Friday. And then certainly pops up in my mind is, I think we often prepare batteries like this to serve others. Because we see that some needs from the others. Definitely they need the batteries. So we need to prepare the battery. We need to give them this battery. Because of that effort, if it's used appropriately where necessary, may produce good results. That's what we saw many, many times. However, as we know, these batteries can be used very limitedly depending on the type and capacity. I need to change the battery for my, my microphone every Sunday morning. On the other hand, once connected to this power outlet, you don't have to worry about capacity. As long as there is no problem with the source of power, you can use it without worry. Now you might wonder how Samuel has such a great knowledge about the, those things. <laughs> yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, so no, don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm not lying right now. <laughs> Sometimes preparing the batteries is really convenient. Yeah, we can, and then very effective sometimes, right? So we can give easily, we can prepare easily. But what if this is the source we wanna share to others? That means I have a five outlets in here. Sorry, so I'll do the, some Sunday school things. I need a one for my desktop. Yeah. I need one for my another fancy laptop. So I need to occupy this too. And then I need one for my humidifier. I need one for my keyboard, I mean piano in my office. And then I got for a new fancy speakers, I need that one. Wow, it's fully occupied in here. So there's no room for others. But after listen Pastor Samuel's sermon today, and then so now you decide to yield one outlet to others. Like this.
but it's really uncomfortable because I like black, <laughs> but it's white. Uh, whenever I saw this power outlet, this is really bugging me. Uh, I should be black. But it's not mine. This is someone, someone who desperately needs more than batteries. The one thing difference sharing battery and sharing power outlet is this one doesn't share my power source. This one share same source I got. And I didn't know that, but this one is a summons, another power outlet. He or she's gonna put their knees in here. Sorry for the Sunday school things, but anyway. <laughs> I believe that serving others through love, which Jesus and the Apostle Paul are asking us to do today is to surrender my own power outlet to someone else. We need not worry that we have given away some of our own power outlet to others, that our power source is God, not the batteries. And the person who uses your power outlet will eventually know that your power source is God, is Christ. They see God through you. They're experiencing God through you. And some point, they too will connect themselves to God directly, not you. I know, as I mentioned already, it's really, really uncomfortable because you need give your some part of your life to others. I liked black cord, but need to put in a white cord. Pastor Anti Wright says the church is not supposed to be a society of perfect people doing great work. It is a society of forgiven sinners repaying their unpayable debt of love by working for Jesus' kingdom in every way they can, knowing themselves to be unworthy of the task. Francis Chen said, the Bible teaches that God wants us to look beyond ourselves and make significant sacrifices for others. Not only just this good deed, but it called sacrifices. I'm pretty much sure when you give your power, one power outlet to others, that's a sacrifice, isn't it? In verse 14, 
Apostle said that for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Paul explains that Christian freedom is not the license to ignore God's desire for our holiness, but it's rather the opportunity to fulfill it. So now you listen to this one and then might be touch you. But we still have a one, one big question. So Sam, how to? Always, right? How to apply? I agree with you, but how to apply? Honestly, I don't know. Because I don't know your personal life like mine. I don't know how much you connect with our gracious God. But always think about myself. One thing I always listen is this one. Conscience. I think I need a conscience, yeah. It says, conscience is the inner feeling of voice viewed as acting as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. The word conscience is spelled with two words, con and science. Science comes from the Latin meaning knowledge. Con means with. So you're thinking with knowledge, that's conscience. You have conscience, right? I guess so. So one knowledge. The value system you have been taught and simply say that your conscience recalls what you have accepted as right or wrong. Your conscience re reacts subconsciously under your knowledge. So Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 says, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Um, this verse is really clearly to tell us. I'm going to read it one more time. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. This verse says the blood of Christ not only saves us, but it cleans our consciences so we understand what honors God. So I want to call this one as, as a Christian conscience. We all have a Christian conscience since you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So now I said, Hear the voice of your conscience. Listen to the Christian conscience, not just your conscience. If you are a Christian who has already become a new person through the blood of Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, listen to your conscience. The Christian conscience. The Holy Spirit is speaking through it. I believe. Perhaps the soul sound is very burdensome. 
Sometimes it sounds uncomfortable to follow. But please don't ignore it. Listen it. Sometimes too many sacrifices may be required to follow your Christian conscience. So we need a courage to listen and to follow. Do you think we need to last up the financial budget for, to serve another? No. What we need is courage to listen and follow. Apply. If you have a courage, just give your one power outlet to others. Or two, or three, I don't know. That's what God wants us to do this morning and in our life as a Christian, as a church. I want to finish with my sermon with this one more script. Jesus says in John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, if you serve one another, if you give you one power outlet to others, someone who needs, they will know you are Christ's disciples. Amen.